your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. VGK wins its eighth in a row and records its first ever victory in Toronto. Chris checked in with Laurent Brassois' second start with HSK and is season six reminiscent of the Golden Knights' first season. That's all coming up ahead right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Lockdown VGK is free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Lockdown VGK at Tony Dasco at TD Chris G. And make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel Lockdown VGK. And Chris, Riley Smith, who hails from Toronto, scored twice in the game last night, 23 seconds into overtime on a helper from Zach Whitecloud. And the win streak now is extended to eight straight. So as we talked about yesterday, VGK was working on the penalty kill, right, on the PK, and perhaps they worked on breakouts as a result of that and all of their work and their efforts, and then Smith's first goal came shorthanded on a helper from William Carlson that tied the game up with about eight minutes to go. And let's talk first of all about Riley Smith. He played in his 700th career game last night, and he has back-to-back multiple-point games for the first time in his career. I believe uh, him and Alec Martinez both uh, played in their 700th last night. So it's kind of uh, kind of cool how the stars aligned for that. And Riley Smith is someone that we talked about last year, hoping to take a step forward on the scoring side of things. And unfortunately he did miss quite some time last season. And um, you know, another, another big, big uh, issue with uh, as to why they didn't miss the playoffs, obviously not having Riley Smith. And now we're reaping the rewards of what a healthy, motivated and driven Riley Smith can do. Um, Didn't have a contract, still puts on the softball game. The announcement comes before the softball game. But point being is he is committed to the city. He is committed to doing everything, everything he can to stay a Vegas golden Knight. And when you see, a performance like this it's just it's exciting and another you know not a new player stepping up but just every night there seems to be one player just kind of uh carrying the mail and i don't think this is going to be uh his only back-to-back multi-point performance of the season yeah now they're fired up they took the bus uh, to buffalo last night following the game and uh, again jack eichel week is here so that mm-hmm. should be exciting and we'll obviously live up to all this hype here on our end Uh, as they head into that uh, rematch against Buffalo. On the Toronto feed last night, they called the Misfits the triplets. But uh, Riley Smith said five of six breakaways they had in uh, that contest last night, and they finally thought that they uh, could score, and they had that opportunity, the steal by Willie Carlson, and then, of course, uh, the finish there by Riley Smith. And they were just, uh, they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh, VGK opened the scoring last night. Uh, They opened that scoring with the Carrier goal, his fourth. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Carrier passed the puck in front, should have been credited with the goal. Nick Waugh had the easy (laughs) gimme right there in the tap-in in front, and it was the fourth goal for Nick Waugh last night. Uh, Can you talk about that line's efforts? 
I mean, what, what's there to say? We mentioned, I think, in the show yesterday, the fourth line is scoring now. Um, we were, we would again, the fourth line's job: energy, try to get the, try to keep the puck out of defensive zone and be tough to play against. Sometimes you wear down the other team's top line. I think this is the second opening shift goal of the season for the fourth line, if I'm not mistaken. But even when they don't score early, they seem to get early opportunities, and immediately the team is, you know, the opposition is on their heels and. Again, we've, we've, this is a, a drum we're going to keep on beating coming out of uh, Pete DeBoer's camp last year when he was all giddy about this line four. I mean, maybe, maybe DeBoer had good reason to be excited about line four because things are working very well when line four is doing their job. And it's not just about scoring and stuff like that, just uh, tough to play against, take away ice, make the other players earn every inch when they're out there. And it's it's fun, right? They're the they're the guys out there smiling, uh, hitting each other on the bench. Hey, let's go uh, pick up so and so. We gotta get him. Hey, you know, take that number. Go get that. Go get him later for uh, doing what he did and stuff like that. It's it's fun right now. Everything is fun right now. I mean, it's hard not to be happy about eight wins in a row. I was uh, in the press box, kind of sweating the end of the game, and uh, I'm like, oh wow. So it's you know, I, I didn't want to say seven outs as far as uh, the winning streak goes, and uh, we hit a. We hit our eight, so let's see if we can make a, a point of nine. And uh, for my gamblers, let's see if we can make a fire bet and get all the way to 12. Okay, I've got, uh, you know, Actually, just that, another. That would be a different bet, but never mind. Never yeah, mind. yeah, it's a different bet entirely. But I do have a clarification as well. On the equalizer for Riley Smith, uh, we have to give credit to Shea Weber on the assist. So he was the second star, in my opinion, last night. Did you see the graphic on AT&T Sportsnet? No, I want to know Weber, where you're going. So that's Shea, why Shea I, Weber, you got the hands on it. <laughs> Shea Weber got the assist um, on the graphic that they put up. Oh, on the they put that up there? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty. Um... I fell over laughing. And I also made Shea Weber the second star behind Riley Smith. Well-deserved. Well-deserved on the LTIR. Uh, Tom Lilligren had tied that game up there. Uh, but then he also turned over the puck later on. That led to the Jack Eichel goal. Jack is on fire. Sixth goal of the season. Uh, Marner and Lilligren scored again in uh, that game uh, in the second period. Again, still that low in the second period. Uh, three to two, the Leafs had led. And what had happened there was VGK, it's the first time we talked about their legs and whether they had them under them. It wasn't about the cumulative effect, but rather... Uh, they were on the ice for too long in their shifts, and they just couldn't make that line change. And so I think you had Wah, Haig, and White Cloud playing over two minutes, and then that's when we saw Toronto capitalize. So they just couldn't get off the ice. There was two times where they couldn't make the shift change last night, and it cost them. Yeah, they got caught. I actually heard that when I was driving over to the Dollar Loan Center and. Uh, I had the Toronto feed on in the car. I didn't get the graphic though, unfortunately, but I had the Toronto feed on in the car as I was driving Second to Dallas Loan Center. Right. And um, it just, you felt it, it's when you see the other team cycling and moving the puck and your team caught out there for a long time for a long shift, more times than not, one of two things is going to happen. One, you're going to take a penalty or two, you're going to get scored on. And I'm just listening. I'm like, okay, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. There it is, you know, and it, it happens. I mean, no, no aspect of the game is going to be perfect. Um, the second period has been far from perfect. If there's one uh, special teams and the second period are the areas of opportunity for this team right now, but they're excelling in other areas of the game, whether it's just simply five on five or 
you know, if there's a way to measure heart and soul and determination for stealing, I mean, you can make an argument all, you know, the Montreal game was pretty well in hand after, uh, you know, after the first period, it seemed like, but the other games could have gone either way. And obviously including last night's game and, you know, basically Washington, um, who they play Thursday. I can't remember that game now. Montreal, Washington, the Thursday uh, Senators, uh, Senators. Yeah. Yeah. The Senators. And then last night's game against Toronto, three out of four of these games could have gone the other way. And mm-hmm. they found a way to get six points in those games that could have swung. And that's the difference. It seems like VGK right now is understanding the importance of every single point right now. And I mean, six points, you take away six points from last year's team and they're not, they're, they're dead in the water with three weeks to go in the season. So that's six points that we basically stole on this road trip. We're up to eight points now. When uh, you had, you said six points. Is, I said six. Is you said trip. five and a half. I said five is a good trip given five. the nature. And we're at yeah. eight against uh, probably the, 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 I'm thinking of the schedule right now. This is the one that's that's circled as far as a road a road game goes. This is the game that is circled as far as everyone wants to play for Jack in this game. Eichel, you know he wants to win this game bad. You know he wants to. I don't want to say stick it to Buffalo because I don't think I think he's kind of over it. But you know if he walked away with the first star and uh, you know two goals or even a Hattie or something like that, you know he'd love it. And if Shea Weber gets one or two assists in that game, they'll be really well off. And Lilligren's first goal, we might have to add as well. Uh, we thought perhaps it could be offside. They didn't have a conclusive replay on that one. Uh, but, the, of course, that goal would never be overturned because they played in Toronto. And the Toronto Situation Room is right next door. So there's no way. This schedule, okay. You, you always know, find I, a way, Tony. You always find a way to get something in there. You always do. <laughs> I just have to slide it in there. But uh, – Okay, they're playing a schedule here. It is difficult to win on the road, granted. But I'm always devil's advocate. No, you're Uh, the devil. The toughest game was Toronto, (laughs) uh, which was a third-place team. Uh, But they played a sixth-place team, seventh-place team, an eighth-place team. They'll play a fifth-place team. The fix is in, Tony. It's the fix. It has to be, right? They are definitely playing. Yeah, they're they're playing with, you know, with house money, as they say, right, right now. So you just need to continue it. And, yes, you can gain momentum and play the more elite teams later on. Uh, I wanted to talk. Okay, I, I have to make sure that I make a correction, too, in the goaltender's pronunciation. It's Eric Schalgren, okay, because he's Swedish and they pronounce their names differently. But he faced just 20 shots, So, but quality shots, quality shots for the Vegas Golden Knights last night. Uh, Logan Thompson, we felt, could face more than that first meeting where he faced 23 shots on net, 31 last night. And uh, he, again, just plays very well with everything on the line, including, including Chris, the stoppage of a 90-mile-an-hour Austin Matthews slap shot. Yeah, I mean, you know, Austin Matthews, uh, world. I, I was trying to find here, uh, someone absolutely roasted you. I forgot who, who, I mean, it happens frequently, but someone took a great shot at you. I was trying to find who it was just uh, with some of the. Was it on Twitter? Was oh, it, it was on, on tw- yeah, no, it, it was on Twitter, not YouTube, where they roast you all the time. Twitter, where they roast you some of the time. And I was trying to, trying to find I'm that. Doing my job. I'm doing my job because I'm. Oh, it's fun. We have fun. We have fun. Have but, such a um, good time with this. Hey, yeah, uh, I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about uh, uh, minutes reduced uh, for Michael Amadio. 
played just eight minutes last night. Phil Kessel, just 11 and a half minutes. <laughs> the, so, the balance is out the window come uh, game 15, huh? <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so what are Neither they one of them are on, are on really? Well, Kessel's still getting, I believe, power play time. Amadio is not getting power play time. Probably not getting much. He just much comes in to time. commit a penalty and, and then that's it. They, they put him back on the bench. I mean, he just <laughs> has a tripping, his, his nightly tripping penalty. Right. Then, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I don't know how much I, I draw into that. Just it's, you know, it's, these things happen as far as a uh, quirks and minutes per game goes. And in the third, they probably shorten the bench up a little bit because line three has not been, you know, putting the puck in the net. They they're not playing bad, but they're not uh, producing at line one, twos or fours level. Now go figure to that. So, you know, it's, it's going to come and go. Uh, Kessel's going to find the net. Amadio and Howden are going to find ways to, to produce, but right now it's, you know, line three is always going to be that line, Tony. We've talked about this so many times and it's not a, v- a Vegas golden Knights thing. It's, Every team, most most teams are going to have an issue trying to get a good line three out there because line one and two is where the money is. Line four is where the grid is. What's left for line three? And it's basically low-level salary lottery tickets, not low-level players necessarily. Kessel's not a low-level player, but his salary along with Howden and Kessel, that's a – I'm sorry, Howden and Amadio, that's not the money line. That is not the money line. Uh, it's not the triplet line either. And no. uh, the defenseman blocked 10 shots, three for Martinez. Jack Eichel, two shots. He scored on the first one. The second one was a high danger shot, again, uh, deflected by Engvall, I think, in front of the net. Uh, 14 goals in 19 games in Toronto. He pretty much owns that franchise. And his first game back there since 2019. And again, Jack Eichel is doing Jack Eichel things, but He's just uh, just two shots on that, but those were both really high quality shots. And you got to credit Toronto for playing well enough defensively. I said there wouldn't be much space. Space opened up at times, and Riley Smith did talk about those five or six breakaways, a lot of turnovers and sloppiness for uh, the Maple Leafs last night. But Jack Eichel again, just a couple of shots, but uh, one went in, the other one had a chance. Jack Eichel doesn't need to force it. I think that's the important thing. He's not with Buffalo anymore. And I'm not knocking Buffalo. I'm simply saying Buffalo was Jack Eichel, hat trick, or Jack Eichel is going to have, or, or the Sabres are going to have have a hard time winning a game. It wasn't that bad. But point being is Jack Eichel had to put the pressure of, you know, being the guy, the only guy that could do it in Buffalo for such a long time. And there are times and periods of time where he was that person he did an amazing job but not having that support two shots fine one goal one quality shot that's great but you know he's creating space for the other players you know him simply being out there is drawing attention away from stone from stevenson giving them their space and time to do things so you know jack eichel just simply being good jack eichel being in position is helping the rest of the team and he doesn't need to force it and i think that's a breath of fresh air for Jack Eichel as, you know, eight in a row, eight in a row, folks. What, what else can you say? Eight in a row. They head to Buffalo now. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll do a crossover with Joe DiBiase from Lockdown Sabres and WGR Radio back there in Buffalo. And that ought to be a lot of fun as uh, tomorrow night's the big game coming up in Buffalo. And last night, the Bluebirds came out at last night's Silver Knights game in the American. We'll talk about that. Chris was there. And much, much more on the way. And later on, is this season reminiscent of season one for the VGK? All ahead, locked on Golden Knights. 
can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. We are paused. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. The new flavors, cookie dough topper. How come we didn't get a care package this week? I saw some other photos out there. Did you get a care package, Chris? Got a careless package. No, we need we need some more <laughs> built bars. Send built bars. Uh, coconut brownie bars. They've got now coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. Holy smokes. It's built to take on the granola bar, so it's more filling. It is still insanely tasty, and candy cane brownie is another one that's out there. The puffs, built puffs, are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. And first off, for anyone who hasn't tried built bars before, they're literally the best-tasting protein bar ever. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly, low sugar and calories. 130 calories, that's it. Just sink your teeth into the first bite. It'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you tried these new built flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. So we've got an offer for you. And make sure also that you try out their mixed bar box because you could have all five of those flavors together. Uh, go right now to built.com. You can get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKDOWN15 at built.com. Once again, that's LOCKDOWN15 at built.com for 15% off. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick in Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And please make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On VGK. And so, Chris, uh, last night you were there. Uh, the Silver Knights, you attended the game. Uh, we saw you tweet that the Boo Birds came out. We saw your video. Things are not doing so well there on Green Valley Parkway for the Silver Knights. Not going very well. And Laurent Brassois, it was his second start. They lost the game. I think he tweeted seven to nothing. Uh, Henderson did. And Brassois was pulled after the first period. What happened? Yeah, so sorry, kids are throwing things over there. Um, the, the reminiscent of the game last night. Um, just it was bad, Tony. It was bad. So you know me, folks. I'm always trying to be the positive one, but it was really hard last night. Um, bad first period, right? Four goals, I think, on 14 shots. But he was under siege from the word go. I was actually tweeting early on that he looked tall in the net. He was trying to fight through the screens, finding ways to have pucks hit him. He did finally make a series of saves that he shouldn't have. So I stated that when he had his first start and asked uh, Coach Vivros yesterday morning about it, you know, Vivros felt he had a great game. He uh, made the saves he should have. And the saves that he didn't, he was just hung out to dry. Uh, Brassois wanted to play last night's game. That was basically his call going into the net last night. And of course they're going to let him because they want to see him out there. And, uh, there were a few scouts in the seats last night too. I can uh, safely, uh, say that watching basically him, I would have to assume. And the goals that he let in again, just odd man rushes traffic in front of the net. Every one of them besides maybe the, uh, the every one of them is, was on, is on the Twitter. You can go and judge for yourself if those were, good goals, bad goals, or otherwise. Now I did, uh, I was talking to one of the scouts, not going to say which one, but I was talking to one of the scouts and I found him after the first. Uh, and I said, listen, when you're watching a game like this, from your perspective, 
do you feel that you know he's kind of just being hung out to dry right now was it a good period or you know what what's your just quick evaluation he just shook his head and said it's not going well and i mm-hmm. i kind of gave him a second he said it's just not going well so that tells me right there that when you're watching the game you know you're looking to possibly to give a report to your gm and your coach about the goaltender you know, you're, it was not a favorable vote of confidence for Brassois. And I certainly concede that uh, he was under siege and stuff like that. But, you know, we're talking about an NHL goalie who has to find ways to make saves that he shouldn't. Now, uh, going to the press conference with the coach Vibros after the game, I felt so bad for him. You know, I'm, I try to stay human in, in all of this. I don't take what I do too seriously. And I try to stay human and, you know, Vivros, you know, took full accountability. He stated, he didn't have the team prepared for the game. That's on him. He's going to be honest with the players. I did ask him, why did Brassois get pulled in the conditioning starts? And he said, leaving him out there would basically be throwing him to the wolves. And it's fair. There's nothing more Brassois could have got out of that game besides just getting shelled. And do you want him getting hurt or re-injured in a game like that? No, he's, he got his game speed. Now uh, VGK is going to have to make whatever decision they're going to have to make. Um, you know, all around bad. Um, Brisson, Brisson is out due to injury day to day. Should be back uh, for Thursday's game per Coach V. Um, Dorofia is going to be out for some time right now. That's unfortunate. That's a big uh, part of their scoring touch. But it's just bad right now, Tony. It's it's bad, bad, bad. The vibe isn't good. The Boo Birds were out and the chirps were uh, were bad. I mean, there was a couple of guys. They were probably. Um, on some liquid encouragement, but they were in the corner right behind uh, uh, Patera in the third. Patera plays the puck behind the net. No one's around. These two guys, they're just pounding the glass. Just, just take it yourself. Just just take it yourself. Go, go, go. You got this. You're the only one, you know, and it was fun. It was good spirit, you know. Um, but shout out to the Silver Knights for uh, the hospitality last night and having me. A lot of fun. And uh, I can go back, it seems like, whenever I want. And I want to participate in more of a the pressers and the games. And you know, I really want to help not just talk about the game and what's happening, but just kind of show the entertainment package that goes along with the game. For those that haven't been to a silver Knights game there, they're a lot of fun. Tickets are very inexpensive. You can get them 10 bucks day a game. No questions asked on the access app right now. And, you know, it's affordable and a little more family, you know, fun entertainment versus going down to T-Mobile and dropping three or 400 for a party of three or four to go see a game. Please stop sending me those videos of the town crier. Oh, Tony, you stop it. You two are becoming besties. He's a good guy. He's a good so, guy. He's doing his job, Tony. So so you were on the Zoom call yesterday, and then you went to the game, and then the post-game presser. So what have you learned about this franchise, and how can they turn things around? Because it feels right now like it's a sinking ship. And do you feel I could sense just in those videos alone – that Coach Viveros is under, you talked about being under siege. I mean, I think he's under fire right now, and I just don't like where this is headed. I, I was talking to to um, a higher person after after the game off the record, and, you know. So then you we, can't talk about it. Well, we both did concede that, you know, we felt this was a better roster. So, but that's off the record. It's okay. off the record. It's no, go ahead. So, no, it's a much better roster than it's a, it's, than, it's a Calder. It, it, it felt like winning. a Calder competing, a Calder Cup competing roster. And and it still can be. I mean, these things, you know, St. Louis Blues a few years ago, folks, January last place, 
uh, June having a Stanley Cup parade in downtown St. Louis. So these things do turn themselves around and they find a way. And it starts with the cut. Now, to, to also be fair, unfortunately for Coach Vibros, but the coach was fired and a new coach was brought in. That, that did lead him to the Stanley Cup. I hope it doesn't turn out like that because Coach Vivros does a lot more than just simply running the Silver Knights. He runs the rookie camps over the summer. He's on the ice for a lot of the practices over the summer. So it's not just about what the Silver Knights are doing. Um, I had an up and back with someone on Twitter. I have so many notifications, I can't remember who. Apologies. But I formed the question, if things are going well at the national level, Again, if things are going well at the national level, does it matter what's happening at the AHL level? Because it's all part of the it's all part of the cycle, right? There are players that have gone through the the AHL system that are contributing at the NHL level right now, and there could be just simply a bit of a talent gap because this is you know where drafting and trading those draft picks comes in. There's not a lot of newer players on the roster that have been developing at this high level for a while. So two or three years down the road, some of these players that are currently playing for the silver Knights might be more farther along the talent pipeline, but right now there might be that gap right now. And it's a give and take. It's all not going to go perfect. 100% of the time. It doesn't go perfect for the Vegas golden Knights. We, we saw last year, but perhaps the Vegas golden Knights are simply succeeding based on the, you know, not because the silver Knights aren't succeeding, but it's just part of the process, right? It's just part of the process. And, Listen, if the Vegas Golden Knights do make a deep run, make it to the Stanley Cup finals or even win a Stanley Cup this year, which they are now easily in that conversation, no questions asked. They are a Stanley Cup contender, possible favorite now based on the early part of the season. If the Silver Knights uh, do have a poor season and go 17 and 49 or whatever, whatever the number works out to be, I think they play a 56 game season. But if the Golden Knights do uh, make a deep run, the process is working. And there will be times down the road the Vegas Golden Knights will not be a, a playoff team from the word go. But the Silver Knights might make that deep Calder Cup run, too. It just It's part of the process, folks. You have to win here in Las Vegas and in Henderson as well. And the Cynics might say that they are not developing the younger players. I saw a lot of those tweets, and the fans are getting frustrated as well. It's totally fair, Tony. And, you know, Brisson, uh, I think two goals, one is your two goals, one or two goals, three assists. And he's someone we thought that would crack the NHL rest, roster and put up, you know, 10, 15, even 20 goals. I mean, there was a shot he was going to even join the team after being uh, after uh, finishing his uh, his college career last year and possibly helping at the national level. And he's a ways away. Uh, Dorofeyev, it's unfortunate that he's hurt right now because he does have a great scoring touch right now. And there's some positive things happening individually. But, I mean, last night I felt like there was only one player that didn't give up on the ice, and that was uh, Marino, our our fourth-line grinder. He was uh, battling in front of the net, hitting everything that moved. Um, Jermaine Lowen was trying to get it going, but he was up on the third line last night. That's not a good spot for him, at least not, not at this point in his career. And, you know, maybe it will be down the road, but right now he's better than energy role, just crushing everything that moves. And, you know, it's, it's bad right now, but they got a four game road trip coming up right now. So that's the important thing. And one more thing to, to note folks, the two and seven silver Knights last night, they were two and seven entering that game. You would think the way they got beat, they were going up against like a powerhouse type AHL team. No, the San Diego goals were three and our silver Knights were two and nine, two and eight, two and eight. Now the goals were three and seven or three and eight coming into that game. So if that's the talent gap between two and eight to three and seven or whatever it is, you know, they got to figure something out. 
you know things are rough at home when Coach uh, Manny Viveros said after the game, and I don't know, it might have been one of your questions, but he just said he's going to be happy to get on the road with his team. Oh, that was Steve. That was Steve Marsh behind me that was talking about that. And yeah, I mean, they got to get out of Dodge right now. It's it's a good thing to get on the road and get out of here. And, you know, it might take some of the pressure off, you know, bonding on the road, London long road trip. I mean, that's always something you hear at the, the national or the American league level. And, you know, it's, um, listen, whatever they can find, whatever, when I was talking to Lowen after the game, I was trying to find positive, positive things. I was trying to, you know, where's the, where's the positivity come from? And you're getting the cliche answers right now. Call it what it is. You're getting the cliche answers. Got to do the little things right. Positive positivity comes from within. You know, it's it's all clicheville right now. It's clliché-ville in Henderson on Green Valley Parkway, and uh, you know they got they got to get <laughs> they got to get on the exit ramp and get got, on the yeah. Resultsville. I go, <laughs> I go through the Paseo Verde side when I sneak in. So do I actually. I was yeah, in the, the lot last night though. I was in, I was in the nice lot last night. Very nice. Very nice. Coming up next, <laughs> season one vibes and season six. We'll explain after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. For your second listen, make sure to check out Lockdown Sports Today, that podcast. Biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. So, Chris, you dropped me a text last night about how VGK, the start of this season, is reminiscent of season one. What I feel reminds me of this first of uh, this season, comparatively speaking, to season one is the VGK response. OK, so in season one, remember, they'd be down a goal and they would rapidly come back. It's taken a little while longer. There's a little bit more of a gap. But they do show that response. And that's what I really like about this team uh, and some grit. I think that Bruce Cassidy, I'm going to credit him, of course, and of course, uh, little John as well. But I, I'm going to credit uh, Bruce Cassidy for the way that he's gotten this team to play prepared, inspired, inspired, I think, every night. Listen, this team, it's its a lot of the same players from last year, you know, as far as the, the top end talent goes. And sometimes a new voice is what it takes, but you just can't put in like, I mean, listen, 12 or 13, 14, whatever the record is right now, it's good. And would Barry Trotz have achieved the same start? And that's a question you wonder. And there's some other candidates out there. And, and listen, I mean, this is a special situation right now. I don't think, uh, you know, it's fair to think any coach would have done this, but you know, what's happening, it's all working right now. And I was pulling up the season one log right now, just kind of looking back. They did have an eight game winning streak uh, that extended from December 14th, all the way to January 2nd. Oddly enough, (laughs) oddly enough, the St. Louis blues were the team to crack that. And that was, I'm assuming eight games is the franchise record. If I'm wrong, someone can correct me. So they go for nine and then it could be 10 against St. Louis on Saturday, but like they're just the first couple games of the season, you know, Dallas, they're losing in the third period. They get a late goal and they wind up uh, winning the game. And you're like, Ooh, okay. This is like from that moment, you feel something coming Arizona in overtime. And then the emotional uh, inaugural T-Mobile uh, regular season game and just uh, crushing the coyotes. And, you know, like you said, Tony, there's just a different feeling right now, starting with the feelings in the off season. We didn't know what was going to happen. We had our, we felt this was a 500 team out of the shoot and then they kind of figure it out and comfortable, you know, not really fighting for a playoff spot. They would be in that top, top three in the division for most of the season and maybe make a late push or something like that. 
just the opposite. They're uh, they're they're they've come out a shot like a cannon, just like the season one team. They're winning games they shouldn't. They're making comebacks. They're just like you said. There's it's calm. It's relaxing. I was watching. I wasn't watching too closely last night, um, but I was following with the score. Like I wasn't that worried. Like I just you feel they're going to get it right. You feel it's coming. You don't feel the team even pushing that hard. Going back to last year, Deborah obviously. When they get down, you just felt like the team had no chance. There was no chance. It was lazy shots from the perimeter. It was just no excitement. And there's excitement right now from the opening puck drop to what happens on the off days to the sound clips we get. And it's a a lot of fun right now. It's just, it's fun. And we haven't had really this since season one. It's great. Yeah. And again, the schedule is playing a big role in this, a big part. And I, I believe, I know I hate to be Mr. Killjoy, uh, who played who played the role of Jack Eichel in season one? And, and who played? You can answer that, Tony. You can answer that. You know who it is. <laughs> OK. And then who played the role, moreover, of Shea Weber in season one? Derek England. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, just like I'm the, sorry. The, 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 yeah, the, no, the, I just busted. Peter, but I mean, you know, William Carlson is your <laughs> William Carlson is your uh, is your Jack Eichel just scoring goals and stuff like that, and uh, you know, scoring. I mean, okay, more goals. Carlson will probably have more goals in season one than Jack Eichel will in season six, maybe. I mean, who knows? We'll see where the dust settles there, but definitely William Carlson is your season one version of Jack Eichel. Uh, tomorrow's show, we're going to size things up here. Uh, we've got Joe DiBiase joining us from Locked On Sabres. Ed DiBiase, what? the the money man, the million dollar man. No, not the not no, not that oh. guy. But maybe he's related. We can ask him. You know, <laughs> but he's on WGR Radio and one of the hosts of Locked On Sabres. What can we expect tomorrow? Uh, the Buffalo fans, I guess, uh, the Sabres lost last night, and the fans were booing them off the ice so this could be a real interesting game i'm just curious what the reception might be for the jack eichel tour number two hostile it's they, they you know it's it's hostile um i found a couple of videos on youtube just from like fan reactions from from his first game back and a lot of empty seats but we'll talk about that tomorrow i'm sure and it's going to be hostile there's there's animosity towards eichel and i get it it's it's fine and i'm sure jack eichel gets it um you know, there's, and I hope we can maybe dig up some good stories about Jack Eichel tomorrow with uh, DiBiase and just kind of talk about, um, you know, the good he's done because he's done a lot of great things off the ice and stuff like that. And I certainly hope tomorrow's show isn't going to be uh, us um, hoisting, uh, you know, Jack Eichel up, uh, you know, on our shoulders carrying him. And I hope uh, DiBiase's not going to be tearing him down. I, I don't know. I don't know him, so I'm curious how that's going to play out. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be animosity. It's going to be. Uh, you know, they're going to want this game and it'll probably be their highest attended game of the season as it was uh, last year. And, you know, more important than the Jack Eichel uh, revenge tour, it needs to be a uh, find a way to get number nine. Yeah. He just needs to block out number all nine the for number nine. There you go. There you go. He does need to, to black out all of block out all of the noise. I, I think he will. I think he will. He said, you know, they already got things started. Of course, Buffalo and Toronto are sister cities and, uh, they already were starting with uh, sending, you know, columnists there to Toronto. Uh, maybe perhaps a much bigger game for Buffalo than it is for the VGK. What pressure do the Golden Knights have uh, going in? I, I don't think I think they could play carefree, truly uh, play carefree hockey. But he said that he wishes the guys in Buffalo the best. I feel like I was part of that organization for a lot of years. 
made a lot of great relationships. I care about those guys. I want to see them have success. So real fast, I know we're starting to get to it here, but there is pressure still. I think the team does have pressure. I think the pressure is why they are performing well right now. Um, let's say they go to Buffalo, they lose four to one tomorrow night. Cassidy is going to say, good job on your eight game winning streak. That's not what that's not why this team is where they are right now. This team is where they are because there's pressure. There's accountability. There's no shifts off. There's no days off. There's no practices off right now. This is a machine, if you will, that is running on all cylinders. And I think, uh, you know, Cassidy is a, a remarkable coach early on. He's doing everything right. And if the team does mail one in, I don't think it's going to be, hey, guys, okay, fine, sleep it off, burn the tape. No, that's not what's going to happen. There's full accountability. And if something happens, uh, you know, if it's a bad game, we're going to hear about it. So tomorrow that's coming up, the crossover again with Locked on Sabres. We thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Our podcast free and available wherever you get your podcast. For my man, Chris Golick, for Shea Weber with his first assist of the season. I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. So long for now on Locked On Golden Knights.